Today, I will be talking with Doug from Winnipeg, Canada. Welcome to the podcast, Doug. Let's talk. Hi there. How are you? Good. Good. Uh, <laughs> you know, weather's pretty good lately. Yeah. Uh, that's there's not a lot lot of good things going on these days, but we'll we'll take that. <laughs> exactly. When when the virus first hit, what what was your first reaction? You know, as to what was going on. How did you first sort of take this thing? Yeah, um, you know, it was it was crazy time. Uh, like <laughs> like for many people, you know, I um I remember kind of it feels like a lifetime ago, but I remember kind of you know following it loosely. And, you know, like most people or like a lot of people, you're trying to kind of compartmentalize what it means and, you know, going, oh, it probably isn't as big a deal as some think it is. And um, I just remember kind of, you know, the the week that we, I own a video production company in Winnipeg and started talking with my director of operations and we're kind of going like, well, this thing is, it's getting more and more real. The NBA canceled. I remember that, I think being like the Thursday and going, okay, something's happening here. And, you know, talking with, uh, with my director going, what are we going to do? And, you know, when they start talking about the idea of being shut down for a couple of weeks, will it be a couple of weeks? And I just kind of, you know, remember just seeing all my work, uh, in advance, just go away and just going, how could this be? And it, it was very surreal. Um, but at the same time, then I kind of went, no, this is something that, you know, I always try to do the right thing as best as possible and went, Hey, listen, if this is the way we're headed, then we want to be ahead of this. We want our, our staff and our team to feel like they're supported by us and that we're not going to, uh, not listen to, um, you know, the, the science on this and the, the government on this. So we basically on that day had a, a group meeting and decided to shut her down and let everyone know that they're going to be working from home. Luckily, um, I, you know, I work in a digital industry and we were able to basically kind of turnkey ourselves kind of by Monday and, um, and operate at some level. Um, but you know, things went from, from good to worse beyond there for, for at least a while. Well, that's, that's awesome though. I mean, I, I, I think, um, I mean, being a retired guy, you know, it didn't affect me work-wise, but, you know, uh, speaking with other people and hearing things on the news, I think you were probably one of the early adopters of let's do something and let's not wait. Let's do it now. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I think a lot of companies sort of missed the boat and it was like, well, let's just kind of ride this out. You know, it might not be a long, you know, whatever. And, and I think, uh, you know, some of them got hurt by it probably. Yeah. Um, but yeah, no, kudos for you for jumping on that right away. I'm sure your staff really appreciated that. Yeah, no, thank you. And, and I'm glad, you know, I, I'm glad we did. It was the right decision to make and again we kind of have the like the the fortune to be able to do so so there's a lot of industries of course that can't you can't <laughs> you can't do a similar thing like writing or animating um from uh, uh sorry you, you can't do something like animation and writing which you can do at home and do that digitally uh in a lot of other uh careers where you're either it's a physical um job or, or something that requires your presence. So, you know, like the service industry or uh, even actually the film industry that, you know, was needs to be bodies on set. Um, we were uh, we were a little bit better uh, in that situation. We still lost all of our video production side of it, which is about half of our business. I think we saw about almost 70 to to $100,000 go away, which was a pretty significant amount for us. Um, oh, but there was this sure. weird... 
Yeah, there's almost kind of this weird, and I don't know if anyone else talks about this, but um, this the um, there's something weird after a while that this idea of kind of it wasn't it was beyond my control. Um, something like a virus like this. So I, as as stressful as it was, and as much as a lot of things hurt, I felt like there's not much I can do. So to get wildly upset about it wasn't going to help me. And, you know, uh, it's 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 funny. You're the first uh, guest I mm-hmm. talked to that that has actually brought that up. I mean, I brought it up a couple times, and and I I sort of feel the same way. I mean, for, for me, it's it's like. I think I have control over three things when it comes to this whole situation and, and everything and the virus and everything. And, and that's, I know I control whether and when I wear a mask and where I control who I, you know, the, the, the people I'm either in contact with or not, I can control that. And I can control washing my hands, you know, yeah. uh, you know, doing that sort of thing. But that's really the only thing that I have control over mm-hmm. everything else. It's going to happen. It, it's, it's, it's almost like, you know, we're, we're all in this together. And if, if everybody did those three things, we'd be doing really great. But that's not yeah. going to happen. And, and I think that's, you know, sort of proven. But, you know, yeah, I mean, you're right. I, I, other than that, it's like you're totally out of control. It's like you're going down, a, you know, a roller coaster and, and you, just, you just hope that it, it, you know, goes where it's supposed to because, yeah, we really have no control, and you know, in in the big picture, we don't have any control. Yeah, yeah, and I mean, that's you know, that's why um, you know, not to get too into why some people are reacting in the ways that they are, and everything from conspiracy to not following health orders is to feel like they have some sort of control, and you know, they actually say in general, people who subscribe to um, conspiracy theories are people who lack control in their regular lives, and so they want to make sure that they feel that they have some sort of knowledge over you or over what they can't control. And that's a, that's a comfort thing for them. But for me, um, yeah, it was kind of, it, it helped to be perfectly honest. I'd been having a bit of a tough time with, with my work sales had been down a little bit and that I took very personally because I felt it was something that I was affecting and I wasn't doing uh, uh, well enough. And then when the, when COVID came along and, snatched even more of my business away there was this weird comfort of going well at least i can't control that that's not my fault <laughs> and yeah no yeah. yeah yeah i could see that um but then it was what i did in that time and how to deal with it and you know we either i usually have this kind of rule with myself is that i can sit here and feel sorry about myself and do nothing which i don't think is a good idea or i can i allow myself a little time to feel sorry for myself and then go now what are you going to do and so we we pivoted in a lot of different ways. Um, everything from, you know, what I was doing with my work, how I was reaching out to my clients, how I was reaching out to friends and how we were trying to find silver linings and everything, which I found a lot. Um, and not to say that there weren't challenging days. I mean, I have two kids that were all of a sudden being homeschooled. I, there were just helpless days. You know, I ended up drinking more. I just, you know, res- uh, resorted to a lot of, you know, things that probably weren't healthy for me. At the same time, on the flip side, I was exercising more. And that was actually one thing that to this day, I still find that I think it's a control thing. Again, like washing your hands, like being safe, I can affect the outcome of my health to a certain level where I don't know where work is going to be headed. I don't know. There's no patterns right now. There's no trends. It's you know impossible to predict. We're luckily busy right now, um, and, which is kind of the flip side of COVID. But um, oh. But, um, um, 
you know, I can, I know that with all the chaos still happening to this day that I can go up for a run or I can try and lose five pounds. Um, and so that's been something that I've really grasped onto, especially in the last few months um, of just finding something that I, I have some access to and I can control the outcome to. Well, yeah, I mean, that, that's, you know, this, the, when it first, when it first started back in March, you know, that, that was kind of all we had too was, you know, mm-hmm. during that first lockdown, we, we would, you know, go for walks and, and, yeah. and, you know, yeah. we did a lot of that. And then when it, it got warm, I went and bought a bike and, and, you know, I, and I haven't ridden a bike since I was like 12. Yeah. That's a long time ago, but yeah. so anyway, so, you know, <laughs> we did a lot of cycling and, 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 you know, those sorts of things. And, even now, like, you know, we live close to, to, uh, you know, a nice park. And so we do as much of that as we can. We had, like, we moved into yeah. an apartment that's, you know, got a gym. Uh, we were doing that every day, but as of this last lockdown, mm-hmm. they, they, they shut that down. So luckily we can still get out, we can go for walks, but yeah, I mean, you, you have to, you know, sometimes we have to push ourselves like, okay, we're going to go for a walk today, you know, for yeah. 45 minutes or, or whatever it is. And, and I think, you know, it, it's not just the physical, um, you know, benefit, but I think, I think mentally it's just, it's just a little bit of a routine, just something that, that might be back to normal. hundred percent. And yeah, you need it on both sides. It's, it's funny you mentioned mountain biking because I, I actually ended up doing some, I did, or uh, biking, I ended up doing the same thing in the spring and I bought a bike. So now is as good a time as any. I've been meaning to do it for a little while and I fell back in love with it. Hadn't really ridden a bike much since also being kind of a teenager and forgetting how much I love trails. And then I just became over the summer, this bike enthusiast and it was a great way and a healthy way to, uh, you know, be active, see your city in a new way and, and actually relatively be safe because you're not within groups of people. So something you can do on your own. I was listening to podcasts. I was listening to albums and, um, and now, you know, (laughs) I'm one step away from wanting to get a fat bike so I can do the winter uh, biking as well. Yeah, but, uh, actually, I see guys riding riding across the trail in back yeah. of our place all the time on those things. Yeah, yeah, it's done well for outdoor adventures. I have a friend who's who's in uh, you know kind of the uh, outdoor um, sports utility uh, industry, and um, I think the, uh, them as a there are again there are some winners in in this, and I think uh, I think that industry is doing quite well. Finding uh, we also bought. Um, cross-country skis where there's not enough snow in Winnipeg yet to really use them but again I think there's going to be it's making me a much more active person and you just have to find different things to thrive in at the time Um, it's kind of neat in a a way how you look at kind of the the human spirit uh, and the human body in in terms of how um, it tries to find other ways to to entertain you and engage you and um, I think it's probably making me healthier in ways uh, at least physically than I've ever been mentally. Not sure about that. <laughs> I think we're all dealing with a lot of trauma right now. Well, I, uh, for sure. I, I, I think, um, I, I think we're all going to be scarred somewhat, oh, yeah. some more than others, but I think everybody's going to have an effect from this. Um, mm-hmm. and, and, you know, I, it's, it's like you said, you know, uh, a couple of minutes ago, I, I, I like to think, you know, I like to think positive and, and, Sometimes you get a little, you know, uh, sometimes I have to stop myself and say, is this real? Yeah. Am I really standing in line to, to go and get a loaf of bread? You know, mm-hmm. um, is, is this really our normal everyday lives when we 
you know, it's, it's like me and my girlfriend were driving, you know, uh, home today from dropping some stuff off for her, um, for her daughter. And she was saying, it's funny. You, she looked at a truck driving by and she said, you don't see the dice. Now you see the masks hanging from the mirrors. <laughs> and, and, and that's just like a normal thing. It, it's not, it's not weird. Like you don't look at it and say, well, that's pretty odd. You look at it and say, oh yeah, look, the guy's got his mask on his mirror. And sometimes I just have to stop, you know, myself. And I think, how did we get to this where this is just our normal life now? Like it, it just freaks me out. Yeah. Well, it, it's wild, right? Like it's completely unique. And, and there are all these things that at first you were just kind of like I, I'd said, you know, I was talking to a lot of people in the first few months and just saying like, as kind of scary and freaky this is, it's also wildly like intriguing and interesting. Like we've never like, I don't think society in general has ever gone through a shared experience like this. We've never gone through a pandemic in any of our recent memory of anyone who's been alive right now. And, um, and then with media and technology, the way that it is and how we've all absorbed it and how we are all able to still communicate um, has also made it at least soften the blow a little bit. I, I always, I kind of make the joke or, the observation imagine if this happened 20 years ago even you know and how more isolated and, and troubled we would have been exactly like i you know and, and i've said that too it's like um i think technology that we have today has both been good for the for the pandemic in in that yeah. you're right i mean you know we have the FaceTime, we have this sort of thing we have you know uh you know vi- Netflix. I mean, we got a lot of things to occupy our minds. We can still see our families, even though we can't be, you know, physically close to them. So you're right. Like 50, 60 years ago, you'd, you'd be sitting at home with, you know, your, whoever lives in your house and that would be it for like a year or whatever this is going to be. So (laughs) yeah, I mean, so in that way, it's been, it's been a real good thing, but I think the downside to the technology is I think it's spread faster and broader than it would have say a hundred years ago. Like I think the technology of, of, of travel is, is, is really changed and sped it up. So I think it's, it's sort of, you know, we've, we've had good and bad coming out of the technology. Well, every great innovation or every advancement, there's always an ugly side to it. Our our addiction to electronics uh, is not going to go away after this. Um, we are uh, the the spread of it, misinformation is a huge problem right now, and it, to a point of it actually being you know um, potentially dangerous to people's health and, and lives. Um, I, I do hope for that idea when we do get on the other side of it um, that we can have a new appreciation for contact and people and uh, be nicer to one another. Although I'm not wildly hopeful for that, I think we can be with one another as individuals, but as groups probably not because as uh, you know, just to pile on to everything else uh, in terms of, um, you know, the COVID issue with everything from Black Lives Matter to uh, the election, you know, and I'm, has just created one of the oddest years ever. Um, and a lot of good has come from it. And, uh, but, but through a lot of hurt, and um, it's just going to be very interesting, what type of people will be in a year or two from now. Well, you know, and as sad as it sounds, I think that American election was a nice distraction for us. You know what I mean? I mean, all the other stuff that went on this year, definitely not. But, but you know, the whole, 
thing with, you know, I'm not going to say the name, but him yeah. not wanting to, you know, you know, says he didn't lose and all that. Well, I think that's, it's almost like, a, you know, watching a sitcom every day. We want to, oh, yeah, so what's he doing today? What did he tweet today? I think we're just going to be, you know, come January, it's going to be, okay, what do we do now? Our, our favorite yeah. show has been canceled. The only problem with that, and I, I agree with you because, boy, has it been entertaining and it has, you know, especially on the other side of the actual election, I think there was a lot of dread that I was internalizing before that, knowing that, you know, what it would signify in, in the culture of North America for if he had been elected again. Having said that, he didn't, uh, Biden didn't win it by a ton. It wasn't a landslide. And there is a culture that is still going to be there long after um, uh, Trump and um, and. You know, if you still see and feel that hate and, and this min, a lot of misinformation has created that and it still adds stress to it. But I will say absolutely far more kind of comical, get a load of this guy than it was when, oh, this is the leader of the free world saying it. Because you're right, it felt like a TV show until you realized it was a reality show. <laughs> and uh, yeah. You know, un unfortunately for us, we do have you know, we are affected by, you know, what's going on down there because they're, they're, they're our neighbor. They're so close. Oh, and, of course. And, you know, as much as I, I say it's funny and we, you know, we kind of, you know, shake our head and, you know, think, oh, you know, lucky, you know, I feel lucky that I'm a Canadian and I don't live under that. But, yeah. you know, what's going on there is still going to affect us because especially right now with, you know, the Dakotas are just exploding with COVID right now. And, oh. and that's right next door. And, and, you know, so, and, and obviously, you know, them being, you know, as large as they are and our, our closest ally neighbor and all that kind of stuff. I think a lot of the things that they do when it comes to COVID do affect us, sure, you know, well, maybe absolutely. not directly, but they are going to affect us. So, it, it, you know, on the one hand, it's been, you know, kind of comical and funny and a good distraction. But on the other hand, you know, you still have to think we could, you know, have some hurt from this yeah oh for sure yeah no it's uh it's um yeah definitely there's just always a residual effect and you know nationalistic pride is not something reserved only to the states it's you know it it's very big in europe it's very big uh and it's something growing in, in canada so we just have to be aware of it but no i you know i still do feel happy that we're not down south but I like, Hey, I want to go back to New York and I want to go to LA and I have friends in the States that I want to see. And, you know, not like our COVID numbers are much better right now on a percentage wise in Manitoba, but uh, boy, it would be great to, um, and, you know, hopefully there will be someone in the off in office within the next month who will take this far more seriously and get this thing ramped down, but it's, it's still going to be a while. I was interested to see that they're booking, you know, Oceaga just announced their headliners in Montreal for their music festival the Winnipeg Folk Fest just put out their new design for the upcoming, and it seems like everyone's is starting to plan for summer festivals. So here's uh, fingers crossed, hoping that's going to happen. Oh, for sure. I mean, like, like for us being, you know, like I, I'll, it'll be two years in January that I retired, and and my girlfriend retired a year before me. So our our big plan was okay. We're retired. We're both, you know, uh, you know, we're have decent pensions. Here, yeah. We're just going to travel, right? That that's our big thing. And I hadn't traveled much, so uh, that was going to be our our thing. You know, we, we were going to go on trips here, there, whatever. And then that just all got shut right down. Um, we did get to to uh, a trip to Europe after I after I retired, and then we went to Nashville for a hockey game 
last last fall but you know we, we i guess we just figure okay we know we're not going anywhere just got to live with it nothing we can do about it and, and you know our plan is kind of we will probably do road trips you know in the vehicle we don't think we're going to get on a plane anytime soon but we think you know within canada we'd like to you know do some traveling and then eventually you know when when it's safe or when we feel it's safe to get on a plane and 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 you're right when when, you know the vaccines are out everybody's you know doing better and because new york like you mentioned new york that is my one city i have to see before i die it is the one city that i that i want to see yeah no new york's uh it's a great place to go and um it's uh just a wonderful place to visit and and i think that um yeah i mean we'll all be able to travel soon enough and i think that um, you know, I often actually talk with my business partners and other people. I wonder what are the things that are really going to thrive um, in the summertime and beyond. I'm hoping, you know, travel will really start to pick up. I feel like things I, I'm curious about this summer, about festivals, you know, and what what comfort level people will be at. Some people think that maybe it would be very people would be very uneasy. Other people might think that, they're you know, the moment that. I can. I think it's more on this side of the moment that the government says it's okay. We can do whatever we want to do. We'll easily kind of forget about all those uh, precautions that we're supposed to be taking. <laughs> but uh, it should be interesting. Uh, I know we're already. It's. It's not even. It's not even the new year. But I think everyone's looking forward to summer again. Well, and, and you know that's that's uh, you know what I've been thinking too is I think if we can get through this winter, we're we're, we're home free because. Yeah. Um, once we get back to spring, then at least we're outside again. We can go for walks, do the bike riding. You can, yeah. even if we're locked down all winter and, and we still have to social distance, at least you can see people, go for a walk with them, you know, six feet from each other, sit on a, you know, picnic bench or whatever on each side. But at least you can, you know, get to see people sit in the backyard on, you know, a couple of chairs, whatever. So I think once we get to that and then, I, I think by the time the vaccines, you know, get to average, you know, Joes like you and me, it'll mm-hmm. be next fall. But I, I firmly yeah. believe we're not going to go through another winter of this. So I think if we can just get through this winter, the lights, like we're, the finish line is right there. We're, we're, we just got to just a little bit longer and we're going to be done. Yeah. Yeah. That's, I think the, the thing I kind of tell myself and it's like, I, you know, I knew, most likely going into this winter and you and I both being in Winnipeg that it was going to be an even tougher time. The only thing I kind of said is at least we're a little more prepared for it. I'm glad we didn't go into this for the first time in the start of winter um, and experience it all uh, in those kind of conditions where, you know, we kind of experienced at the end of winter at the start of this. Although I don't know if you recall, it felt like there was just you know, I know uh, for those who might not be listening in this area that, you know, they maybe had a different experience, but for anyone in Winnipeg or Manitoba, experienced five weeks of the same weather in, in spring where it just did not get warmer. I remember just laughing at the, the Groundhog Day feeling that it was where, you know, I think it was the start of March uh, going right until April. And we had really, I think it was a little colder in April than it was in March. It was just like this, please give us some warmth. So at least... <laughs> You know, at least well, and, and I think, you know, for us, though, I think the hard part about that, that little bit of, you know, that little stretch of bad weather last year was 
it was so slippery that we we were scared to go for walks. You know, all the all the sidewalks were icy. The roads were so. I mean, we we were pretty much really locked down because we just. I mean, you know, in in a pandemic, the last thing we wanted to do is break an ankle and have to go to a hospital. So yeah, yeah it, it it really, um, it it really sort of put the test of what am I going to do with myself to keep myself amused. You know through all this yeah yeah no it was uh it was just a crazy uh a crazy time um you know actually it was funny the year before my wife had slipped on the ice and broken her leg and wow i'm just glad that uh we weren't dealing with that <laughs> no i can imagine yeah um yeah it's just you know uh, you know you think about some of the normal things like just going to the hospital and 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 things like that like it's um like my youngest son is him and his girlfriend are expecting their first, um, mm. this, this spring. And yeah, I mean, I know, or I have a pretty good idea that we're not going to be going to the hospital like normal, you know, yeah. usually you have a baby, the both sets of parents are there, the grandparents, everybody, you know, aunts, uncles, everybody's there. That's not going to happen now. I, I, you know, it's, it's him and her and that's it. And so we have to accept, you know, that the changes, you know, just in even, you know, what used to be just a, a, a normal celebration is is now uh, it's just going to be different. And, and we even know that odds are, uh, you know, that baby is going to be a few months old before we're even going to be able to hold it, you know, right. because yeah. if we're still in lockdown and, you know, the last thing I want to do is, you know, put put, you know, my grandchild at risk or anything. So it's, it's going to be a different, different thing. And, and I think, I think the whole world is going to be different after this in a lot of ways. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, no, there's, there's, you know, again, it's a shared experience that everyone will have been affected by even things like World War Two and, you know, some other things where it affected significant amounts of the world. Um, it wasn't a similar experience. And although everyone has had different experiences of the levels of COVID, how it's affected them, you know, I, as tough as it is sometimes to be raising two kids um, in, in a house during all of this, I actually am thankful for it because a it keeps me busy. B I'm in a happy marriage, and C we're in a we're in a house, not an apartment. I really feel for those who have mm-hmm. uh, who are lonely and um, uh, or and are and or are jobless, um, and I at least have purpose right now. So. Um, you know, I'm, I, I consider myself lucky as, as challenging as this is. I think I've, I've, I'm, I, I do not take for granted my situation. Well, yeah, for sure. And, and, and that's the thing that I think you have to sort of keep, keep in mind is, is, you know, for us too, I mean, we're, you know, uh, the effects to, to our daily lives are really very minor. Um, you know, we're, we're both retired and we have been for quite a while. So we're used to you know, not going to work that. So that's not a big deal. We we've both been retired long enough that we don't drive each other crazy being at home all day together. That's Mm -hmm. not, you know, not a problem. Um, we're both collecting, you know, pensions. They're not affected by any of this. That's a huge plus for, us. you know, so, you know, our, our biggest, uh, you know, problem, well, not really a problem, but the biggest thing for us that that's changed is we can't go for breakfast once in a while. You know, I can't go for, for dinner with my, you know, brother and his wife or my sister or whatever, you know, it's those types of things that we can't do. But in the whole scheme of things, 
we're very fortunate and, and we do realize just how fortunate we are. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. It's a good perspective to have. And it's something that you have to exercise more often than before, probably. And, you know, one thing that I try to do now is, you know, try to go to sleep, being thankful for the thing. There's at least three things I have. I try to make sure that I do something similar uh, in the morning. Um, And uh, it's actually, again, I think I was saying before where I, you know, I actually was in some therapy for a little bit. And I think I was able to learn some tools that really helped me there. Um, I was in, you know, I was in no level of crisis, but it was just kind of a combination of, you know, being an entrepreneur is, uh, you know, has its own struggles in general on a good day. Um, and, uh, and so I needed some help there, but I was really starting to be able to manage emotions and perspective even better um, uh, through this uh, in, in just my day to day life. So that's been, uh, it's been very good. Oh yeah, for sure. I mean, I, I could like, you know, like you say, just, just, uh, you know, running a, a, a business of your own is, you know, got to be stressful as it is, but you throw this onto it and, and, you know, it's got to magnify certain aspects of that. I'm sure like it's, uh, so, I mean, yeah, if you, if you can deal with that, you know, kudos to you because I'm sure a lot of people are struggling. Yeah. Yeah. No, it's, um, it's, uh, uh, you know, I had to deal with, um, at the beginning. So, I mean, they, they say to be an entrepreneur, it's just kind of, it's this, you're kind of lonely at the top. Right. And, um, you know, you might've seen like little memes or images that show a floating, um, uh, iceberg and it shows the success that you have on top and it doesn't show, you know, all the hard work and all the, the stress and the pain and the loneliness and stuff like that underneath it. Um, and again, I've been lucky to be successful in my work of, to at least a, a, a way that I can keep the lights on it um, and uh, continue to grow. Um, but there's a lot of pressure. You want to make sure that um, you're being fair to yourself, that you're being fair to your um, your team. You want to be friends with your team. And at the same time, you have to be a leader and, and make hard decisions. Um, uh, as someone who's adverse to conflict, it's not a, always the easiest thing. And then when COVID hit, um, you know, we had to make some hard decisions. We had to make them quick. We had to you know, as they kept saying is put on your own air mask first, um, before you try to put on anyone else's or, um, or oxygen mask. And, um, and so, you know, we saw very quickly that we had lost all of our video production work uh, on that side. Uh, and so we kind of had to make that decision of having to lay off four people. We had, we were 16 people. So we had to lay off 25% of our crew. That was a really hard thing to do, um, because no one deserved it. Um, Again, it was a little bit easier because it was a little bit beyond my, you know, there, it wasn't like something they had done wrong or I had done wrong. This was just a reality. So they were really great about it. Um, but, um, you know, it was really hard. And uh, I remember just kind of, you know, after, especially we had to let one account manager go and first and she was brand new. So it was a little bit kind of an easier and an understandable thing. Well, then I had to let three video people go. And these are about three of the nicest guys I've ever met. And they were all so good about it that that's what actually the harder part was, was they just went, Hey man, that's all good. You got to do what you got to do. And so I did. And I walked away and I just like had to, yeah, it's like, they're consoling you. Yeah. I mean, I'm I'm, I'm sure it's much like family. It is. Yeah, no, it it is in a lot of ways. And, um, um, you know, and it was just this, you know, moment that where my wife kind of saw me and I'm like, I need to, you know, I needed to go hide for a little bit and just kind of collect myself and know that, I had to then make the next decisions after that. And so, um, you know, and we were actually, we've been, again, fortunate enough to hire 
everyone back except for one person who took a different job um, and is, uh, you know, actually working with my wife. Um, so uh, she's in the same industry as me. So um, it, uh, it all, again, we get to, I get to have uh, the luxury of having a story that worked out for me um, and for my team, uh, where I know a lot of people are still struggling and not nearly as lucky. No, and I, and I think that 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 you know uh, that that says it all. That that you you realize what what you could have lost, you know. And and I think like like um, I was I was talking to my niece today, and, and we were talking about like Christmas, you know, for example, mm-hmm. of how you know I I think a lot of people like especially like like we're in such a lockdown in in, in Winnipeg right now that Christmas like for us is basically we're going to be sitting in front of a you know computer screen talking to the kids on on you know video chat or whatever and that's going to be our christmas celebration we're not going to see them they're not going to be here for dinner we're not going to be at their house you know we're not going to see the grandkids like any of this stuff and we know that we've accepted that that's what it's going to be but i think we're really going to appreciate next christmas yeah you know yeah. i i think i think you know it, at least for me, I, I, I think as, as much as it sucks, it's a small price to pay to get us to where we need to be. And, mm-hmm. and But I, I do think that a lot of people are going to have a whole new appreciation for some things after this. And not just, I mean, Chris, that's just one example, but I mean, even just people, you know, like I, like I, was, I was, you know, telling, you know, my niece was saying how she you know, at, at work and stuff, she's, you know, kind of an introvert and quiet and stuff, but she misses that, that connection now because she lives by herself and she's working from home. And, yeah. and, you know, and I was, I was saying that, you know, you're probably, you know, when you were working and you're at the coffee machine and there's the, the nerdy guy that, you know, no, you know, whatever, I, I bet you're going to go and give that guy a big hug when you see him, because yeah. it's, you know, you're going to appreciate these people now. So I, I think, I'd like to hope that when we come out of this, we're going to be a little kinder, a little more appreciative, you know, um, I hope so anyway. Yeah. And that's uh, something I've been saying for a bit too, is uh, hoping for that silver lining um, being that we will appreciate things that we took for granted before the ability to uh, hang out uh, at a park, the ability to uh, be in a room together, uh, to be with family, I think at least for a little while we'll probably all become cynical and and uh and uh um preoccupied with other things uh, down the road but um i still think though yeah again i think that there's going to be a lot of things we're going to look at that we would have never looked at before with um a whole new view set of of the value of what it means to us oh for sure so how how has this been for you as far as like uh, not being able to see family, not being able to like you know being locked down as tight as we are right now, um, you know not being able to do those things you might otherwise you know be able to do and see the people you could see. Yeah, it's been tough. We um, you know we have <clears throat> we have um, we're you know we have uh, most fam- or a lot of family in Winnipeg. Um, so unlike you know I, I, I do have some friends in other cities who just have they had no support to begin with, let alone uh, now. Um, you know my uh, wife comes from um, is uh, part of a, a Métis family, French Métis. So they are we're already like you know see they saw each other probably two or three times a, w- a week. You know um, my 
wife would see her sister and her mom, which was really great for us. Uh, I got very used to that uh, over the years, uh, and especially then having kids, it was a wonderful help. We had, you know, extra help all the time. We had cousins to play with. We had, um, and I really kind of enjoyed, you know, the 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 open door policy that kind of we had on on at everyone's house. Um, so now we don't have that, um, which really sucks. And it really means that, you know, our weekends now, which used to be full of kind of like people coming and going and, you know, the ability to not always have to be the responsible parent um, is not there for us right now. So it makes the weekends feel a little longer. On my side, my parents actually live uh, here and they're much older. Uh, my dad is in the throes of dementia and my mom is kind of really the primary caregiver for him. He's at a place where it's not really bad yet he he just is very forgetful and um they kind of put around the house mostly but you know my sister and my brother have been or are in uh toronto and both of them have come out um and um you know done the quarantine and all that kind of stuff for a bit but they have their lives um that they need to uh, be a part of at home uh and you know and so um it's been tough and we're basically you know not seeing them I'm trying to call them when i can but i definitely could be doing better and then, yeah, my brother just got married like two weeks ago and that uh, in Toronto and it was wow. a, a very small wedding. They wanted to do it um, because both of uh, sides of the family, both our dads are potentially not going to be. Well, no one's around forever, but these, you know, these uh, gentlemen might not be around for a very long time. And so they wanted to originally the plan was so that we could all see them get married and that got reduced and then it got reduced. And basically in Toronto, they were about to announce the lockdown and they moved their wedding, which should have been uh, this weekend or just the one that passed. They moved it up two weeks so they could get it done. Um, right. It was able to go, my niece and a few people. But, you know, I missed my only brother's wedding. Um, so I'm definitely feeling the family toll on this, I think, uh, more than anything. And, and in terms of the things that are, are really unfortunate for me personally, uh, again, you know, kind of work and immediate family, everyone is good. And I'm very happy with that. But, yeah, definitely uh, missing the support and, and missing, uh, the connection and the ability to go to Toronto and visit my, the other side of my family. It's, uh, it's definitely been tough. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's like, like for us too, like I, um, my, my brother, um, I, I used to live downtown and, and he lived in, in St. Vital and, you know, we would, he'd come over, watch the hockey game, you know, watch a movie, whatever. And, and, you know, we hung out quite a bit mm -hmm. and, you know, I moved, we moved into a, a, a 50 plus apartment and he moved in a couple months later. So oh, nice. him and his wife live in this, like the same block I live in two floors above us. And since they moved in, I haven't seen him. I mean, I've seen him, but I haven't been to his place. You know, right. we, we kind of went in and moved some boxes for him at first, but we made sure we were at one end of the apartment. They were at the other. Um, he, he needed something printed a couple of weeks ago. So I, I printed it, went upstairs, put it on the floor outside his door, knocked on a door, you know, and I had my mask on and everything stood back, you know, 10 feet and gave a wave. And, and, you know, the, 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 the odd thing is, is, you know, we're living closer than we did w since we were kids and yeah. yet we, we can't hang out and we're, we're really close. So yeah, it's just these weird, you know, now that we're as close as we are, you'd think, you know, now's the time for us to, you know, spend a lot of time together but we just can't. So yeah, it's just strange. So do you ever have to work from home at all or, or, or is it all at the office or like, is that it, impacting uh, you, know, you at all? 
basically the office is closed uh, aside from when people need to uh, go and get gear. I go in from time to time and, and some people can. We're, we're recommending that people don't. We we shut down the office at the beginning um, and then we slowly opened back up. We got to a point where we, uh, you know, even when we were kind of in the clear the most or now retroactively looking back, it was the eye of the storm. But, um, you know, we were only asking people to come in two days a week. Um, again, for us, we have, you know, the flexibility of um, uh, of being able to do a lot of our work digitally um, is uh, uh, really great. We can we can we can be remote, and um, so you know I think actually it as a lot of companies it has affected my business as it forced us into a social experiment. No one was willing to really try, but we all wanted to, and uh, and so it allowed us to go. Hey, wow, we can still get a lot of stuff done, if not just as much, if not more. Um, by allowing people to work from home when they, you know, when it works for them. So for us, we were able to, you know, there were some people who wanted to come in three or four times a, a week. There's some people who came in, you know, the only two days, which we require two days a week, because we still think it's really important for people to be able to see people. Um, there are times that we want to meet as a group. There are certain ways that, especially in creative ideation, it's really hard to do on teams while we're all facing a camera. Um, right. You know, there's some real value in getting everyone in a room safely distanced, but, you know, being able to talk over each other, being able to feed off of one another rather than doing that. Oh, sorry. Oh, what? Oh, sorry. You go. Oh, unmute your mic. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. So um, and uh, and and then again, so as we started to things started to get worse, um, we again tried to be on top of it and uh, then made it completely optional and now make it recommended that you don't go unless you need something. And then they're supposed to let us know. So, um, you know, again, most of us are set up in one way or another. Uh, uh, Denise and I, my, my wife and I took a, you know, an extra step and uh, turned one of our three bedrooms into a, um, into an office and we moved our two kids into the same room. Um, they were very cool about it and have been cool about it, which we're really glad. Uh, and so I'm actually in the office that I spend most of my time in, um, which is just a half um half built office right now with a screen and a and a stand-up desk and all that fun stuff and then my wife is actually in the upstairs kind of living room where she's got a very nice view out of the windows and she also has a a stand-up desk and so that's how we work so we now work from home almost full time um which is getting tiring i will say the one thing that did help actually was switching my desk to not face a wall and i have it facing the window that makes a big difference for me Um, so to anyone who's listening and wondering how to optimize, uh, for some people, or at least for me, the ability to stop and look back and look outside is really, really helpful. Um, but, um, yeah, so, um, it's, uh, it's, it's definitely not ideal. I do like the ability to work from home. I like the ability to go for a walk or cook lunch for myself or do a workout in the middle of the day and then be right back to work. But I actually do like the routine. I really did like, you know, going into the office at least three days a week uh, and just having that separation and having that purpose, I think was really helpful for me. Um, but again, I think there's some real positives that have come out of this. Me learning that I don't need 6,000 square feet of office when my lease runs up and it should be interesting to see what happens to commercial real estate in general. But um, yeah, I mean, I, yeah, I, I think, I think, uh, you know, what business looks like in a, in a lot of industries is, is going to be totally different than it did before this. I mean, it's like you say, I think, I think certain companies 
you know, probably didn't want to do this because they didn't trust that, you know, their, their staff was actually going to work while they were at home. And, and, and I think a lot of them are learning, you know what, they actually will do the job and, and they're probably learning that they probably get more done, you know, when, when, when they, they don't have to worry about, you know, certain things going on at home, if, the, you know, one of the kids is sick or whatever, they could still actually do the job. Yeah. And, and I think you're right. I think a lot of companies are going to look at this and say, I don't need this infrastructure for a hundred people. You know, yeah. I need to, I need to, you know, I need to house and, and, you know, have facilities for maybe 60 and, and these other 40 people can, can stay at home. So I think it's going to change the whole, you know, the way yeah. work, you know, just looks in general. It depends on a few things, of course. One is, can you do task-based management, which, you know, for us, we can, which is not necessarily based on the hours that you're in a seat, but it's like, here are the things you need to get done. Uh, and the time that we've collectively agreed on how long it should take for you to do them, um, you can get them done at any hour, unless, you know, of course, there's certain things that are very time sensitive. But for the most part, it's like, hey, yeah, you need an hour to go and run an errand. Well, sure. Then if you need an hour later on to make up for the time, or maybe you can get it done quicker and you freed up your day. Good for you. Um, and so it's our job is, you know, we're trying to manage that. It's, it's, it's easier in some industries than it is in others. Um, but, you know, and we're, I would say that with our size, it, it becomes quite apparent. Those are the, the people who can't seem to do the jobs because I'm sure there are a lot of uh, places where people are figuring out ways to just coast and do bare minimum, but I feel like that will get noticed after a while. Well, uh, and, and, and I think those people were doing that anyway. It, well, right. Yeah. I, I think that group, uh, you know, that had those traits of, of th- they were doing that at the office anyway. You just might not have seen it as, as obvious. Really look busy, but, yeah. And uh, yeah. And, and I, I think, I think you're going to have, you know, certain groups of people that, they need that, you know, that uh, social aspect of going to work every day. So they're the ones that are going to want to go to the office. They're going to want to stay at working at the office, but other ones are going to want it. So I think it's going to be, you know, pretty, uh, you know, a totally different workforce. It's just going to look different than, than what it does now for, for, and, and you're right. I mean, your, your business is, is probably project oriented. So it's easy to say, mm-hmm. you know, this is your project. I don't care, you know, how you go about doing it. This is what I need done by Wednesday or, or whatever. Yeah. And then they have the flexibility to, you're right, do, you know, sort of schedule their own time, just get the job done. Yeah. But I, I mean, of course, there's some businesses where this wouldn't work, but I, I just think it's going to change things. Um, yeah. yeah, it's hard to know, be like a lot of other things. From, uh, it's hard to be a mechanic from uh, from from home. But at the same time, like if you look at IT, for instance, like used to have, uh, you know, IT people were still working from a desk for most time. Well, you can still do a lot of your stuff on a daily basis from home. You don't need to be at an office for that. Um, and so I'm looking forward to being post COVID to really figuring out the flexibility of th- stuff that works for me, stuff that works for the company and stuff that works for the team and having that flexibility. Uh, again, we were talking about, you know, we were talking about these things and just trying them out right before this all happened. And then it's like, well, here we go. <laughs> I guess we're going to find out if it works and it does. Well, and, and that's, you know, it's probably been, been a real benefit that, okay, we were forced into this. We kind of wanted to do it anyway, but you know, we weren't sure. Now we know, you know, yeah. they, we've, we've sort of had our test run for real for a year or whatever this is going to be. Yeah, there's, so, there's, 
there's no way we would have done it as swiftly as we did it. There's no way we would have done it with the entire group of people either. So we would have tried it with one or two. And then, you know, we would have probably eased our way, uh, probably never fully committing to it and, uh, and maybe abandoning it too early or anyway. So it, it really, uh, you know, forced us into uh, adapting and, uh, and some good things have come out of it for sure. How do your clients react to, to um, like, has there been any, you know, uh, real change as far as your client? Cause I'm sure they can't see you face to face as much as they did. I mean, uh, has that changed things much? Um, you know, at the beginning, what we were finding was, um, I mean, I was trying to reach out to a lot of people. I put out this email, a very personal email kind of to the group and just saying, Hey, listen, this is what's happening to us. This is sucks. And I, you know, kind of feel that we can do this together. And if anyone just wants to talk, let's talk. And so we did a lot of that. We just did a lot of just checking in with people. How are you? There was no selling there. That was not a time to sell. And anyone who was trying to sell was, was very tone deaf, I think, to the moment. And so we were kind of really in a relationship building uh, then. And then so when you started to get onto a lot more Zoom calls and Teams calls, um, you know, you found I, I kind of would joke about the fact that I would find that rather than that, you know, more casual small talk of how are you doing was really turned in more into how are you doing? I remember I had a call with one client where we ended up talking for half an hour about how we were managing our kids because we both had kids the same uh, same age. And we realized we'd almost burned up our entire time just talking about that. And then we went, oh, right. Uh, you wanted to talk about something. And so there was a lot of connecting happening. There was a lot of uh, relationship building. Um, and um, really even seeing kind of the reality of people and understanding people more. You were seeing um, people who maybe put on a pretty brave face uh, or a very corporate face. You saw their kids running around in the background. You saw you saw authenticity and you saw people's pain and stress and, and uh, guards down, which was, you know, all very good. Um, so, you know, now, of course, everyone's a little more used to it. Um, and it definitely, you get your screen fatigue. There are times when I am, I had, a, you know, my Monday, this just the way it kind of ended up. I had literally back-to-back meetings where, you know, it's nice that you don't have to have transit between meetings so you can meet more, but then you're finding that sometimes you're not even, you know, someone was telling me about they forgot to schedule their own bio break for the day. <laughs> so um, I think that for the most part, though, no one's really complaining about it. I think people like the fact that we can talk easier, we can meet easier. Now everyone has been forced into the technology. So it's not so much of a crapshoot when you go like, hey, can we do this meeting? And you got one guy who's like, I can't, I can't, I can't get on. I don't know how to use this stuff. And you're like, well, now everyone does. So, um, you know, as much as I, I did like, you know, sometimes client meetings. I mean, there's times you're driving sometimes half an hour, 45 minutes to get there. The meeting is slow to start. Maybe it goes too long um, or someone doesn't even show up at all. And, you you know, you're, a third of your day is used just for that meeting. Well, you can do now that and you can meet with people all over the world. And it's way more forgiving. I think it's actually good for Winnipeg in general. Um, you know, we were able to take on some work um, in uh, San Francisco and in China. And it was actually more, you know, it was just more, uh, made more sense. We're, we're more at a competitive level because the same people in San Francisco, New York, and LA also have to do this via webcast. They can't show up, you know, in person, um, at this point. And, um, it allows, it allows, um, teleconferencing to be just way more the norm now than it was a little more fringe before this all happened. 
Yeah. So it's, it's more like, you know, your final product is what you're competing against, not, you know, where you happen to be or, or, mm-hmm. you know, that sort of thing. Yeah, no, exactly. And so we can still compete with price because of quality of living. We compete now at a more even level of just it's now our process and our price and our work versus before when it's like, well, I, you know, the CEO needs to be able to see you in person and stuff. It's harder for us to still get like live action video shoots. Like we can't, we're not taking Toronto and New York work in that sense, but animation on the other sense where it can be done from anywhere um, has uh, allowed us to expand our ourselves a little bit more and get more clients um, outside of our market. Yeah, I mean, I, I think if you can find any sort of silver lining, and and I don't know if that's the right term with what's going on, but if you can find anything that's come out of this that might be a little good, yeah, just grab onto that. You know, just grab it, hold on to it. No, there's lots of there's lots of good things to come out of this. I think there's lots of not one. There's there's numerous silver linings. We've talked about a bunch of them today already, right? You know, everything from uh, the change in communications to uh, appreciating things at a different level we never would have before. Um, when we all go through something like this collectively, I think that there's a lot that a lot of good should come out of this. Um, and, uh, and yeah, I mean, it's, and then again, from just a fascinating viewpoint of just the things that this social experiment that continues to be ongoing, I mean, they'll be writing books about this for centuries. <laughs> um, and uh, it'll be very interesting to look back. I do look forward to that, you know, five years from now, I go, remember during the pandemic? Oh, man, yeah, oh, that, that feels like a lifetime ago. Well, yeah, for sure. And, and I think it, I think that's, you know, I think that's the way it's going to be. I think, uh, you know, kids who are, are, are young now or, or born in, you know, whatever, and they become teenagers in you know, 15 years or whatever, I think they're going to look at us and say, no way. I, I just don't believe it was as bad as you say it is. You know, I, I just don't, it, it's like, I have a hard time wrapping my head around it and I'm living it, you know? Um, but yeah, I, I definitely think it's, you know, going to change some things for the better, some for the worse. The travel is going to be, you know, totally different. I think it's going to be, uh, we're going to see a lot of uh, similar to, to 9-11 with, you know, security, going, you know, going through airports and stuff. Well, I think you're going to see um, getting scanned before you get on a plane. I think you're going to see, oh, you got to show me your vaccine ID that you've been vaccinated or you can't enter our country or i think those are going to become normal things as well and oh, sure. there's uh it's going to be a whole other world of uh everything from the invasiveness of it to the technology of it to the you know um it's going to be again it's like you know look at what happened after world war ii to the world and the economy look what happened after 9-11 look what happened you know this is our defining experience and um and uh, luckily, for the most part, it meant that for most people, it just meant you had to stay home. Um, I always, you know, if I ever want some fresh perspective or some old perspective, I guess, on how you look at it, I'll just watch a World War II doc about all the 18-year-olds <laughs> that had to go across seas and realize that I'm like, well, you know, I think I can handle this. And I don't want to parallel, use a parallel. They're completely two different situations, but it's not the worst thing that, you know, we've had to endure in the last hundred years. And so... Uh, we've got our technology. We, for the most part, we're lucky enough to to be able to just have to wait as our one of our biggest challenges. Um, and again, I don't want to 
I don't want to, uh, uh, you know, um, look down on or, or, or uh, compromise all the struggle that people are going through. Because there's also, you know, on the flip side, there's mental health issues, there's addiction issues, there's, um, uh, uh, there's uh, violence at home. You know, there's all these, there's a lot of things and people are not in good places. we got to keep an eye out for that and try to help wherever we can. But again, uh, in terms of, in terms of the glow or the, the last few hundred years of history of things that have gone horribly wrong. Um, this one feels a little more manageable. Yeah. I, I like, I, you know, I, I think we, we are going to come out of this. I think, you know, I'd like to hope we're going to come out of it better than we started. Yeah. Um, but I, I do believe like I'm optimistic. I, like I said before, I think, you know, we just got to get through the winter um, summer will be a breeze and, and, you know, come next fall, I think we're going to, you know, for the most part, I think we'll be vaccinated by then. And I don't think we're going to go through another winter, you know, like we just, like we're going through now. I, I think, I think we just got to get through this winter and we're going to be, you know, at, at the finish line almost. That's right. Yeah. So hope, hope for a mild winter <laughs> and, uh, and just, just, just get through it. Right. Just, just plow through it. Thanks for sharing, Doug. Yeah. And stay safe. Thank you for having me.